Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin and I'm here with my fellow uh, Mistborn, Mark. How you doing? Hey guys, how's it going? Doing good. Good, good. Good to see you again. Um, we're back on the podcast. We're talking about, uh, this time we're going to be talking about um, two things. We went to the the Dragonsteel convention back in November. We did a, an intro video or a, like a prelude video for that and uh, we talked about what we wanted to see, our anticipation, and uh, like what we wanted to read in the book. So we're going to have that follow-up finally about how the convention went, the Dragonsteel Con went, and we're going to do a little review of the book and see how we liked it, if we did like it. So uh, first off, I want you guys to, uh, I want to invite you guys to like the, the YouTube channel and to subscribe to our channel. It doesn't cost you anything. And it helps us out a lot, so we'd really appreciate it if you were to just subscribe. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, Cosmere videos this year. This is the year of the Sanderson, where he's got the Secret Project books coming out. The Lost Metal just came out. And so there's a lot to talk about. And our other favorite fandoms are kind of drying up right now. We got uh, DC. I mean, they got a couple movies coming out, but man, that studio's a big mess. <laughs> Who knows what's happening there? Yeah. Uh, Star Wars is in limbo outside of the Disney Plus series. They're 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 good, but not a lot of movies to talk about. Um, so, Same thing with books, right? I yeah. mean, books are you know I know we do the Jim Butcher Dresden Files a lot. That's that's kind of hit a real slowdown over recent years. And yeah, that's another goal of ours to is to talk about the Dresden Files. <clears throat> get back on track with that. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be talking about uh, the Cosmere more this year. Uh, so in anticipation of that, and I got a, a big announcement for you guys. Uh, hopefully it's something that you're interested in. But, you know, we went to the convention, the Dragonsteel convention in last November. And then we went to the book signing. We got to get our books signed by Brandon Sanderson. Mm-hmm. I think all mine are signed up to this point because we're always going to his conventions and his signings. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What number do you got? Uh, I think uh, 1,470. Yeah. I used to get like top 100s all the time, but yeah. after COVID, it's impossible. Like they just do weird drawings now and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a little bit harder to get uh, any number below 500 really nowadays. And it's like a, a lottery type thing. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be giving away one of my books. The Lost Metal, right? Um, signed by Brandon, numbered and stamped. And as you can see, it's book 1468. So we'll be giving away this. The caveat being you have to subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> that's how it helps us out. We want to help you guys out. So one lucky winner will win this book. It's in great shape. It's just been sitting here on my table. I got a, a follow-up, a second copy I got one for someone and they ended up, you know, getting it on Amazon or something and they didn't, uh, they're like, oh, I'm good. I don't know why they didn't want to sign one, but whatever. So it's your ben- their loss is your gain. So sc- subscribe to our YouTube channel. Once we hit 500 subscribers, we're currently at like 120, 121, so another 380 or so subscribers, we will do a drawing, a live drawing or uh, we'll record the drawing if we can't go live and uh, pull a name out of the, the list of subscribers and uh, we'll reach out to you and let you know that you won. So please help us out and we'll help you out. 
So any any comments on that, Mark? What do you think? No. Are we crazy? I think, no, I think it's awesome. I mean, there are – I know you can get signed ones out there and stuff, but, I mean, it's tough nowadays to get low numbers. Everyone's collecting them. Everyone wants, you know, numbers. I know one guy was collecting from – started at one, then he wants book two for the second book, book three for the third book, you know. So he's he's collecting those. Um, so I, I think it's a great opportunity, especially if, if you like the – books and you want to sign copy not everyone can go to the conventions and get signed copies and even when you send out forms sometimes you get them signed but they're not numbered so the numbered ones are the official numbers so like that was the 1468th one he signed which is a ton but how many people are going to have one that either aren't or just signed with no number right exactly so yeah it helps us out so hit that subscribe button and like i said we'll be doing more Cosmere content to wet your whistle. Um, We are the Credible Nerds Podcast. Uh, As it says up there, news, commentary, and reviews for the casual nerd. Meaning (laughs) you like the stuff, but you're not uh, hardcore into it. Uh, We try to bridge that gap. We're a little bit more into it. We have, you know, we want to bring information to the people. Uh, Credible meaning uh, we're not clickbait. We're not going to make up lies. And we're not going to just, you know, get clicks type thing. We want to be as, as truthful as possible. We do make mistakes. So <laughs> oftentimes on Twitter, we get stuff. I'll get, I'll read comments. Well, it's not very credible. They kind of bring that against us, which is fine. I think it's funny. But, you know, we do make mistakes. I think the last, like, for example, with uh, our last uh, Cosmere video with the convention, I conflated uh, the first convention, the first Dragonsteel convention, and the second one that we were going to, and I kind of forgot about how there had already been one the year previously when they did the one of the Skyward books releases. And I didn't go to that one because I'm not – I like Skyward, but I'm not a big fan. Was that um, in Provo? Yeah, that was in Provo, the first one. I remember talking about it, and we talked about going, and we're like, ah, we don't, we don't read the book. So. But yeah. I didn't realize that was a convention. Yeah, it was the full on. And this next one this year, 2023, is again a Skyward book. So I probably won't go to that. I like the books. They're fun. Um, but I'm not buying them. I'm basically um, renting them, I guess. Check them out from the library. So they're, they're good stories. But uh, I'm not going to go hang out all day for Skyward. I'm going to hang out for the Cosmere Lost Metal. So this one's yours if you subscribe. But yeah, so we make mistakes, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So we try to keep it as real as possible. Um, there are better websites out there if you want to get down into the nitty-gritty, the deep stuff, the the lore. If you want to know about Aethers, what they are. If you want to know about Investiture and all the different worlds, Scadrill, um, Roshar, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some good websites out there. I, I often frequent them. They're like, oh, yeah, what's this mean? Because it is like reading Brandon's book, The Cosmere, it's like... Um, studying for a master's degree or something there's just so much stuff out there there's so much to it um so many angles so many people each world's different right there's different uh powers how do they all work together who's world hopping who's not yeah. you know like sometimes i feel like i need a few drinks before i jump into it but <laughs> yeah. yeah so we will try to make we'll try to dumb that down for you guys uh at least have this be a starting point for those that are maybe a little confused or lost and if you want to dig deeper, drill deeper, uh, go to like 17th Shard or those other places. So, yeah, we'll get started. Uh, the convention, Dragon Still, was November 2022. 
We got tickets. We had the badges. We did the whole thing. Two days. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. It was. I liked it because it was. It was at the Salt Palace, which is the big convention center in Salt Lake City. You know, Comic Con's held there. A lot of the the outdoor convention. You know, it's all the big things are held there, and it wasn't big in the sense that. They had a small portion of it, so you weren't walking for hours all over the place. It was just, you know, basically two big rooms, which was great. And it was very easy to just kind of see the booths, see what's out there. A lot of swag for Cosmere and um, his other projects. And they had the store there, so you could buy some some books, some hats, some t-shirts, all that cool stuff. A lot of it's on his uh, online store already, so that kind of stuff. But you could just buy it there without having to pay for shipping or wait for it or whatever, so... Um, what did you think about the booths that they had, the, the different vendors and all that stuff, Mark? It was pretty cool. Um, I like being able to buy there. I, I've bought online plenty of times. It was cool to buy the leather-bound book of Warbreaker, which oh, yeah. was cool. So that's I a, bought that one. That's a good book. Like mm-hmm. pretty, very I, – I love that book, the look of that book. I'll grab I'll grab that for you yeah. in a second. I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. Um, but it's they're pretty neat. If you've never bought one of his leather bound books, they're they're amazing. They're so beautiful and nice. I mean, I'm not going to sit down and read it. You yeah, know? yeah. But you don't want to read it. You're like just barely crack it open. Whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> so, but they're neat. Um, th- there was a lot of neat vendors. Seventeenth Shard, I think, had had a place there, and I think yeah. we went and asked them a question and or two, just kind of see what they thought. Um, uh, a lot of just a lot of different things. I thought the one cool thing with all the vendors is that they were all kind of in on this, the money, yeah. right? Remember? Yeah. So like they kind of had an event there where you could get money for doing different things. Um, and, and it was money from the Mistborn series, you know, clips. Mm-hmm. And um, then you could buy different things or you raffle could bid entries. on different things, raffle entries for the clips. And, and that was pretty cool. Um, you were supposed to pay for your papers and apparently i didn't know that and I, I just was grabbing papers and i'm sure people are like looking at me like what a jerk yeah. i just didn't know and so and the, but uh, it was a lot of fun um i think my favorite one i don't remember what it was called you remember it and we went in there like the museum and it, oh, it yeah. was kind of like hoyd's museum or something like yeah. that yeah. that was really neat that was probably my favorite one super um, a lot of time went into that to, you know, get some of the things right and bring out, you know, skeletons and memorabilia from the different books. So that was that was a lot of fun. I did like that. Yeah. And I think in one of Brandon's uh, appearances or, you know, question and answers or whatever announcements, he said that they're going to try and do that like as a real thing somewhere, like a legit thing. Oh, yeah. Where it's just you can go there. It's yeah, like, they should. They should. I'm going to grab that book. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Um, I thought it was a great, I mean, obviously it's the second one. Um, I thought it was a great great start um, to, you know, the Dragonsteel convention. Hopefully it's he's able to keep it going because you got a lot of books to write. <laughs> it's a great oh, platform yeah. to announce, to release them and, and talk about them. So, so th- this is the Warbreaker book. It is the, oh, shoot, I hate this. It's, it's the le- Leatherbound Edition. Um, it is... Super pretty. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so nice. It looks nice. You, you open it up. It's got, you know, I got to back up a little bit. It's got, like, drawings in it, um, some sweet pictures. I, it's, this one it is signed. Yeah. So it is Brandon Sanderson signed. Um, and it's pretty. I sit it on my shelf. I have 
probably six or seven leather-bound books from him. I mean, you can read it if you want, <laughs> but uh, this is a, more mostly collectors. But if if you like to get leather-bound books and stuff, oh, yeah. uh, it, it, his stuff's quality. It's good. It's to a get. great deal, two hundred bucks. Yeah, hundred bucks for a signed book. Yeah. So it's not numbered, but it, you know they're signed, and I don't think he's actually even ever numbered any of the. When he when he announces them, when they initially sell, like the first couple hundred are numbered. I don't know what number they go up to, but it's they okay. go they go in the, like the first five minutes. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's um, it was neat. I, I like going. I wish we could have gone more. Um, it's really weird, right? It's on a Monday yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was Monday Tuesday, and we were complaining about that. Yeah, and we had work. I, mean, I just started a, a new job, so I couldn't just, yeah. yeah, I need the first two days gone. So <laughs> I think we showed up, for, you know, mostly in the late afternoons and would stay for a little bit and had a good time. But Yeah, we went to a couple panels. They were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some, some pretty neat panels. I, I remember, like, reading the book and thinking back on the panel, one of the panels where you're into and how it connected. I was like, oh, it's actually kind of neat I went to that panel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was definitely uh, a good thing. We got some cool swag. It was a good time. Got to meet some people. We did a post on our website, CredibleNerds.com, on the the homepage where we met uh, a guy named Gus and his wife who makes cakes. We did the she made a cake for Brandon Sanderson. Um, it was a Mistborn cake, and we got some pictures of that on our website. And she also has an Instagram page that you should check out as well. So you can find that info on CredibleNerds.com. So check that out. A lot of cool people at these conventions, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun to kind of see the different people that are into the books. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I, I was talking to you one time on the phone about – I think we were talking about the convention, talking about the books, and my neighbor oh, yeah. heard me. And then I got off the phone. He's like, oh, were you talking about the Mistborn series? And uh, him and I started talking about it. I never knew he was a fan. Never would have pegged him for a fan, but he loves it. So Yeah. It's a good community. Mm-hmm. So, the last medal uh, is Mistborn Era Two, Book Four. Uh, the first era was a trilogy. This was a, a quadrilogy, I guess. Uh, smaller books, uh, not as lengthy as the previous era. Uh, but it is, you know, the final book in the Wax and Wayne series. I enjoyed reading, you know, these these uh, books, Alloy, Alloy of Law. And all the way up through here to this Lost Metal. I thought they were great characters. I enjoyed the story overall. But the big question going into this, you know, what what is the Lost Metal? We got some hints in the previous books. Uh, what do you think, Mark? What, after reading it and getting to the end of it, what is the Lost Metal? Uh, I, I think like everyone else, it was, everyone assumed it was a, Adium. Adium. How, how does that word pronounce it now? I don't know. Right. Anyways, um. I thought, you know, everyone was. And then it kind of came out in the book. It kind of like leaned towards, is it Lorasium? Lorasium. Yeah. yeah. And I actually think it's it's both. They're both kind of a lost metal. And, um, you know, like how, how to split them and how to use them, how to create more. Yeah, that was interesting. And, and so that was, yeah, that was really neat. Um, and then it leaves a lot of questions, you know, what if you start combining it, you know, with, a, me, you know, was it metal, <laughs> metallurgy, yeah, edimetal or metallurgy or furochem, you know, furochemist and all oh, that yeah. stuff, right? So, like, uh, then you get some weird questions about what it does once you start combining them with other things. Um, but it was, it was pretty neat. So, yeah, I, I definitely think 
it wasn't just ADM. I think it was both ADM and Laurasium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had guessed that it was ATM, but uh, it's. I think both of those fit. The one question I have is, in the era one of Miss Bourne, ATM was they're well, they're called God metals, right? ADM mm-hmm. and uh, Laurasium, because their bodies they're from the bodies of the God, right? I mean, yes. ATM is from uh, Ruin. From Ruin, yep. So we were saying, well, it's a it's a finite amount once the body's gone. Uh, then the metal's gone, and we saw that at the end of the of the book of book three of Mistborn, Hero mm-hmm. of Ages. But yet, they're still able to create it. It's still around. It shows up later in this book at the towards the end. We find out about it that it was in play a little bit. So, what does that mean? Is it is the body of of ruin um, bigger? <laughs> is it more than just a, someone's body? Is it like? I don't know. I was still confused about that part. Like, where is it coming from? It's kind of, so it's kind of strange, right? Because um, Wax is able to use et metal to combine with, um, to split using trillium, right? They split et metal using trillium to create more lorazium, right? So it's coming from somewhere. And while you know, preservation's body did die, it still exists, right? The, because they're just combined with harmony, right? Right. And so it still exists. Um, and as, as I was looking into it, this is going to bring way more questions and it kind of goes off topic. So a little, this is but your theory? I, I don't know. Yes, a little bit. I don't know how true it is. This is just, Talk some, about re- it. This is just some reading I came across. Okay. And what it says is, so there's savantism, right? Where like you basically use so much of like invent you how to explain it do you know what it is if i you know a savant a savant is someone who uses the investiture related ability so much that it kind of changes their physiology okay. right okay. so anyways there you can become an elemental alimentic savant and what is it, say, it says if someone were able to burn the amount of lorazium needed become an alimantic savant so just an insane amount of lorazium so you you'd have to keep splitting with with that metal um they would ascend and become the holder of preservation hmm. similar to what happened when vin consumed the mists okay which is weird because does that mean it would take the power from harmony i would think so right mm-hmm so I don't know how true that is. I don't know if this is like words from Brandon or he mentioned this somewhere. So, yeah, it could be uh, both one or the other. I, I want to see Mistborn again, though, right, in the next era. I missed them. I thought they did some cool things with just, you know, each one person having just one access to one metal, uh, like uh, Wax did and Marase did. So... It was fine, but I wanted to see, you know, that power that we get that we saw from Vin and Elendil in previous books. So mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll get that. Yeah. Be interesting to see if you start seeing people live like, I don't know how far in the future the next one's going to jump. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he's announced it. I don't know anything, but it'll be interesting to see if the future comes and they, you know, it talks about, oh, they've discovered how to, you know, use that metal and make more whatever. If people start living longer, because then they can start restoring their health, you know, kind of like the Lord Ruler. Yeah. And just live 
forever. Um, so that'll be interesting uh, to see if that kind of thing happens. And I'm also interested to see if there's more world travel, right? Because that's what he started sending out the people to check out, you know, yeah. uh, sending out his Kandra. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll start to see that in all the books from now on. Because we're getting that in the Stormlight Archive. We're getting that in this this series. Um, we're seeing characters from Cell um, show up in these stories. So there's a lot of cross travel. So do you think this era is happening at the same time as Roshar? The current book in Roshar? Yeah, I think you're pretty close. So because... mi- so Mistborn and Elantris just happened way before. And then Elantris 2 is kind of uh, supposed to kind of catch it up on the timeline. Possibly. Uh, I don't think they've really nailed down where Elantris, when Elantris takes place. I guess that's true. Yeah. We just assume it's well, earlier, actually, I guess. Actually, there was a hint in this book, now that I think about it. Because they go to the ghost, we see the ghost bloods on this world, Scandriel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some members there, and one of them is uh, the character, the the main character from the Emperor's Soul, Shy. Oh yeah. And she's Moonlight, and then we also see a character. They did code names, right? And one of them was code names are stupid, and that it's hypothesized hypothesized that. She is from the Elantra story. Um, I don't know if you remember when uh, Serene, the girl, shows up to her uncle's house for the first time. And she meets all the cousins, and they're younger. And like one girl is just like really mouthy towards her and challenges her. She's like really smart and stuff. So her, her name is Kays, I want to say. I don't know if, how you, if it's Kays or Kaysy, but it's... Um, she says something that kind of hints at something that we learn, we, we see in Elantris. So it could be around a couple years earlier, I think a few years earlier, because she's more of an adult in this story in Elantris. She's like a 10, 12 year old. So, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I think they're pretty close to each other based on that. If that's true, if that, that, uh, speculation is true, which I think it is. Interesting. Okay. So, but yeah, this book starts off six years later than the previous one. Uh, I typically don't like time jumps like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a few months, yeah. I mean, well, in the sense that, you know, we had the first Mistborn era was, you know, pretty close to each other, and then it would jumps forward like 300 years, and that's fine because that's, you know, the start of, we got to have progression. And for the most part, these books, you know, were within a year of each other. But this one's six years later. I, I kind of threw me off guard because there was a lot of stuff that they were refer- referring to that we never saw, off, you know, because it happened off screen. What did you think about that time jump? Were you okay with it? or? It took me a second to kind of catch up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I remember reading about it because it kind of hops right in, right? The book kind of hops right in, right in the get-go with uh, Wayne and... Dang it, what's her name? Marseille. Yeah, Marseille. Right, and, they, and they're going. So you don't really feel it, but then when it hops to wax. Yeah, he's got kids. Really it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got kids, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Like, wait, he's retired? Yeah. He's not helping? Like, you know, like Wax and Wayne are, you know, in one. You know, you don't see one without the other, and now all of a sudden they're separate. And so that was kind of a, took me for a little loop, and it, and it 
I don't know if it really it, it felt like it slowed the story down for me. I don't know that it actually did because I I read it pretty quick, yeah. but um, it felt like it just was like like I had to read a lot to catch up yeah. with him. And then with Waxen Waxen um, Marise, yeah. <laughs> I can never say her name, Marise. It just kind of flowed like nice yeah. nicely. Yeah. Like it was just like, oh, it doesn't matter what happened in the last six years. This happened, but you could throw a dab in there, dab in there. It wouldn't matter. But yeah, the wax thing was really tough to just kind of seem like I was always playing catch up with him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a little, like you said, off-putting. Um, so he's retired from being a conner. He's now a senator in the the new government. And uh, like you said, the other two are, are the main constables tracking down the set they're still trying to track down the set in the last book we saw that uh they captured his uncle and then we learned that he he died he they he got killed by the set because they didn't want him talking like they blew up the jail or something that he was in yeah so all that happened off screen uh his sister telson's now in charge of the sets she's running things and she's preparing for the god trail to return is kind of the, the cover story and Trail's a new name. Uh, maybe we heard it earlier in the other books, but there's a lot of focus on on Trail now. Uh, there's actually a metal Trellium, you know. So uh, he was an older god. It took me a minute to figure out. He's an older god from way back when that we don't know. I think it was even pre-Mistborn Era 1 is what I the impression I got. And so they're trying to, he's trying to make a comeback, basically. And uh, But really we find out that it's the god the shard uh, auto- autonomy. And this is a new shard that we hadn't heard about. So we've heard about ruin, preservation, uh, odium, cultivation, all those guys from other stories. But this is a new one. Mm-hmm. And, and she she operates a little different in the sense that she, use, she uses avatars or people of herself to bring about, ruin, like, take over the planet that they live on. Mm-hmm. And so that she way... Kinda- Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was saying she kind of lets them do it their own way. Yeah, yeah. You know, lets them be autonomous, right? Even though they're part of like an entire collective, you know, almost like Borg style. Yeah. Um, really, like they go about it individually. Like th- their goal will remain the same, but how to do it individually is kind of what's about because then you get, you know, like trail. Right, you get people that really stand out and can do good things or bad things or whatever it is, but they get the job done. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's kind of a way to so they can prove themselves. Like, you know, is this person going to be good enough for autonomy to work with, and are they smart enough, strong enough, you know, whatever? It's kind of a test for them. And so that's Telson's. She's you know trying to come up with a way to overthrow um, the Elendil Basin that government. Um, because they're like kind of the main, I don't know if they are the main force of, of the planet right now, but they're one of the top ones. We don't really know about the southern nations because uh, we never, That's a, we'll talk about that later, but that's something that was not really addressed in this um, this book. But so the whole plot is how they can stop Telson from bombing the Lindo Basin, destroying it and allowing autonomy to show up and kind of take over. Um, so that's kind of what we see. Uh, Wax comes back into the fold after a little bit. He has to join the fray and help out uh, Wayne and Marise to uncover the plot and defeat Telson. 
So I thought the story, like those story beats were good. Um, I felt that it was a little uh, off-putting in the sense that I was expecting more from the Southern Nations. Uh, What are they called again? Who are the Southern Nations? They are the Malwish. Oh, yeah. Mal- yeah, the Malwish. Because, you know, they show up last book. They got flying ships. They got this these medallions. That, all this crazy tech that, you know, are like, oh, sweet. This is awesome. And then we don't see them. We don't see. We see a, a ship show up at the beginning and one of the ambassadors. You know, they're not really involved in this story, which mm. I, was, I was disappointed about. Yeah. yeah it's kind of weird, like... Because it's a little steampunk era, right? Where they're kind of getting in the industrial age, kind of, right? right. Um, and so six years happen, and all of a sudden, they have these huge guns and battleships <laughs> pointing, so that like yeah. it kind of offsets the the uh, the I don't know advanced Malwish Malwishi. I don't know what is the plural of Malwish, yeah. the Malwishisms, and. Um, and so, but it was kind of weird because, like, all of a sudden in six years, they caught up yeah. really, really quick. And whether it was due to, like, autonomy's people, because you saw, like, you know, they're the ones that had the battleships and things like that. Or whether it was they just had it and they never made it. You know, like, no one had taken the time to, like, wait, wait a minute. They got flying ships. We should turn these pistols into these awesome guns that can <laughs> shoot 15 miles randomly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so... Uh, it was kind of quick, and that part weirded me out. That was the only part that I, I was truly like, this is strange. Like, in six years, you went to a, like, early cowboy age to World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Right? And I, I did notice that. You know, they were, what's the name of the city? I can't remember the name of the city they were in. But it was outside of the Alindo Basin that the set operated in. And they go to that city to track down the set. And that's like... You know, a modern city, basically, you know, that just expanded out of nothing in six years. So yeah, it, it was off-putting. I agree. Yeah, because like before, it was like, yeah, it was a bigger town, and yeah, like it was like I think it was they considered it the biggest town in the what do they call it, the wilds the or roughs. yeah, the roughs or whatever. But then all of a sudden, yeah, then it was like he goes there, and it's like, oh, this this place could to, could actually challenge. This, the main city, you know, could challenge Elendale, Elendale, Elendale. Yeah. I can't say it. I'm looking, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, the Elendale. I can't remember. Is it, Bill? no, it's Bilming. Yeah, it Bilming, Bilming right? yeah, yep. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, that's on this coast, and I know it talked about they had a lot of trade and stuff like that, but, yeah, it's kind of weird, like, all of a sudden it was just this, and nobody knew, like, everyone's like, oh, what the heck, look yeah. at this awesome place. It's like, you know, you're in this weird political fight with the roughs and nobody has been there for six years. Yeah. What about your spies and just people yeah. going, on, going on vacation, you know, <laughs> no one through. comes back. Yeah. No one comes back and says, Hey, I don't know if you've been there in a while, <laughs> but they got like battleships and they got like these tall skyscrapers and buildings that all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's kind of just out of the blue. Come on, Brandon. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But so, but in this book, we do get a lot of Cosmere stuff, crossovers, like we talked about earlier. People crossing 
from one planet to the other, and I'm assuming they go through the Shadesmar. Maybe it was even stated in the book, but they... Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they have to travel through Shadesmar to get from one place to the other, which is interesting because we just found out about Shadesmar in the Stormlight Archive, uh, I don't know, a couple books ago, and all of a sudden... And though I think though the Roshar books and this these books are pretty well, you know, at least this era too, are pretty well teamed up. You know, they they work together, and so that was surprising. All of a sudden, yeah, everyone's traveling that way now. Mm-hmm. So well, I wonder, I wonder too, if Harmony always knew about it, but it's like, okay, I got to fix this first before I can even deal with that. Yeah, like I think so Cause because he. Was. he ex- he exists on multiple planes, doesn't he? Probably. I mean, he's a god. I, I, he's guess, a, I guess just assumed so. I don't know. I mean, he's a shard. He has two shards, right? Mm-hmm. So I would assume so. And he seems to know about what's happening on other places too. So, um, And then we've, we hear about the ghost bloods. We learned about them in the, the Stormlight Archive a little bit. I met them, some of them. I think it was revealed in Rhythm of War that Kelsier is the leader of the Ghostbloods on Roshar. And then he's obviously here, the leader, uh, on Scadriel. And they said that the the Ghostbloods exist to preserve and kind of protect Scadriel and make sure that, you know, things aren't destroyed, that the bad guys don't win, that uh, autonomy doesn't win. And so this group is kind of doing working undercover covertly to, to keep things going well. What do you think about the ghost bloods, Mark? Do you feel like they, they didn't seem to be too many of them. <laughs> they weren't, they didn't uh, really help out. They weren't like, Hey, let's work with wax and Wayne Cause they're the main big players and we should help them because their missions, our missions are pretty similar with this. Yeah, it's interesting. So I kind of got the sense that there's way more ghost bloods. Either they're spread out, like this happens to be the base of operation in this town. I'm sure they probably have one in Malwish. <clears throat> um, I'm sure yeah. they have them. Because he was right? traveling from the southern cities at some point yeah. on an airship. Yep. And I'm wondering if he has part of the reason why the Malwish hasn't attacked, because the Malwish know him. And so he, they've obviously, obviously met him and seen him, and he doesn't want them to fight if he's trying to keep schedule alive um so and then there's obviously some on other worlds my my wonder is like yeah they exist to keep schedule safe but what is his ultimate goal yeah like because he seems like like i I mean obviously he knew knows who harmony is on a personal level i'd have no idea if they talk or how much they talk or or whatever it is but he seems to kind of have like a I don't know. Like he is impatient with yes. harmony. Yes. Like he is like, you know, he's not doing it right. I almost feel like he is working against harmony at times. I think so. And so I wonder what his overall goal is, you know, with, with the ghost bloods, you know, what they're going to do and I, what his, I just don't know. What's his move. Yeah. Is, he, is he gathering power and he has his ultimate, you know, idea of what should be happening and he's going to, fight for a shard or like i i wouldn't pass it put it past him right he wants a shard he's gonna get one yeah yep and he he does talk with him a little at the end of the book a little bit right mm-hmm. but i don't think there's a lot of 
those type of meetings. He he does know that Says isn't very attentive. Right? He's letting things slide. He's not doing his job. So I, I don't know. I think we hear that from Marsh too at some point. They're they're frustrated with with uh Harmony. Everyone's frustrated with Harmony. Like Wax is, right? He's mad at him because he didn't tell him about his, his girlfriend, you know, in the previous books, how she was, you know, alive and was being used. So, and I'm disappointed because, you know, because they put the label of God on Sazed. And our, you know, all our reference points on this planet about God is he's nice. He wants to help us. He cares about his kids, you know, his people. Um, but this God, like he's, and he comes across that way at times, but then he doesn't do anything to like yeah. protect them when there's an other world, there's an otherworldly presence coming that they know nothing about. And he's like, well, figure it out. Hopefully you figure it out in time. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of what, that's what kind of what Kelsey said to him. Like, yeah. You know, we can't wait. Like, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but that seems like that's kind of who, one, who he, he was before, right? He was never a man of action, like, before he became God. (laughs) And now he's got two opposing powers inside of him that I'm sure that, like, you know, right shoulder left shoulder you know talking to him telling him what to do oh sounds like ultimately he can do whatever he wants yeah. but you know it's, he's just so indecisive and it drives me nuts it drives yeah. you know like when it's like oh look they're here it's too late good luck guys i sure <laughs> hope you can do it um i'll make sure that uh it's as even fight as it can be yeah like i'm like come on man it kind of reminds me of kelsier or not kelsier uh kaladin Oh, he's like, I don't know. He, he freezes and doesn't do anything. It's like Kaladin 2.0. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just frustrating to read. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's that story. But, uh, we're, we're also introduced to twin soul. Who's a ghost blood. And he uses aether, like this crystal that needs water to, to be like builds things from mm. this sand or these crystals. And, um, I think it's the first time we we see that here in the Cosmere, and I thought it was. What did you think about his magic system and uh, what he did with what he had to be able to help out the crew? I thought it was cool. I want to know more about how and how it all works, right? Because uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what he did uh, when he went like crazy down in there and like. Yeah. Well, if he would build build walls to protect him from gunfire, he I think he built a ladder at some point. And, but the, yeah, at the, at the end, he when everybody all the civilians needs to escape, he like built this big monster rock monster. That's what the impression I got. Kind of led yeah. the way to clear the way for everybody to get out. Yeah, that and that was cool and all, but I'm like, what what the heck? Like like what kind of toll does this take? Is it just an like what does it cost him? Yeah, right. Um, and so I wish I would have known more about it. Right. I was like, dang, it's an interesting character. I want to know more about it. Where's his book? Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll come up, um, at some point in the near future, but we read more about the Aether and these crystals in, you know, the, the new book that just came out, Tress of the Emerald Sea, 
which was the the secret project number one. Um, mm-hmm. Read about that. Uh, not about him specifically, but about all that that magic system. You can find out a little bit more about it, which is pretty interesting. We'll do a, re- a review on that here in a little while, at some point. But so it was good to like read that. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then the next book you read it, and you're like, whoa, it's the same thing, <laughs> same kind of thing, same kind of deal. So that was cool. Um, and I think that's it for the ghost. Oh, shy. We mentioned her before, but she uses the door, you know, the magic from Elantris. Uh, there's, they have a bottle, they have bottled door. <laughs> They're able to just, cause they were able to take off planet and, and use it. Uh, they bring it from uh cell, which is where Elantris takes place and bring that to Scadrial. And that kind of powered them up, right? It was a, a way to become even more powerful, use more of their magic system. So, what did you think of at the end? She basically turns into an Elantrian to help Marasi Mercy escape, right? And she becomes all powerful. And she just heads off and starts. We I'm assuming she starts kicking butt, and as she goes berserk. <laughs> yeah, we we don't ever really know what happens, right? Yeah, she just yeah. kind of goes off and does her thing. It's interesting. I I have to reread Elantris because I don't remember them like because she's like I'll lose myself, you know, I won't be me. I'll do this. So I was kind of like. I don't remember that happening in Elantris. Yeah. Well, she loses herself because she does the stamp. She stamps herself that changes who she, her personality, just overwrites her soul, basically. She becomes this mm-hmm. other person. And that was from the Emperor's soul. We're on a much smaller level. This is like, you know, an extreme that she's able to change herself to an Elantrian, which I, it was, I thought was pretty interesting because, um, you know, People don't do that. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen that done before. No. So, so it was kind of cool, though. I liked it. I mean, it was something interesting to read. I don't know. I, I feel like that's going to have more effect in a later book. Yeah. yeah. Then, like, we don't get a lot out of it now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of setup that happened or was pushed off in this book for the next era, which... Mm-hmm. In some ways, I didn't like. I liked that it's you know world building and setting up for future stuff. But you know, again, like the Mawashi, as I or the Mawish, Mawishi, I wanted to see you know what happens with them and who they are really. But we didn't really get that. Yeah, so we get that. all these things. Get- I wanted to know more about the bands of mourning. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. there was some story points that were resolved. The ones I can think of is, you know, the kidnapped people, Metalborn, that from the first book, Alloy of Law, when they'd come in to the parties and take people and they wouldn't see him again. We find out what happened to them. They are placed in a community underground and made to believe that the world's been destroyed and they're the last citizens alive. And so they have to live together and reproduce and create with the intent of creating more Metalborn or even a Mistborn. At some point, so we, you know, Marase stumbles upon that and kind of sees them, is able to free them. So I like that we kind of got some closure there. But that was like book one, <laughs> you know, it finally pays off. Um, but there's a lot of stuff from the last book, even, you know, the Bands of Mourning. That was a big thing of the last book, you know. Um, and then we find out that they're drained in this book. Like, we don't know why, who, what happened, or anything. It's just like, oh, they're used up, can't use them anymore. 
Yeah, that part was weird. And that, like, you know, that's setting up for something. Yeah. But how do you power them up again? <laughs> I, Lord Ruler. Yeah. I, I have, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess you, they're like, uh, are they like, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the ferrochemy? Are they ferrochemical? Where you got to store them, you know, over time you store more stuff into them. And they... I think so. They must be, right? Because if it, because it's basically, because he says it's basically a big, like a well, you know yeah. what I mean? Is, is what it is. Um, but what's weird to me is that they're with the Kandra and Harmony has no idea how they got drained either. Yeah. So is there a Kandra that is not a true Kandra? Yeah. Or he's got his own agenda? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so, yeah, you know, what's that? Are we going to see him again? I would imagine so. And if we don't see him again, I'll be disappointed because that's, you know, a huge weapon, huge benefit to someone that was never discussed, just kind of disappeared. Uh, again, the Southern Kingdoms, the airships, not really resolved. We don't know anything more about them than we did from the, then in the last book, really. So, um, so with Scadrial's three manifestations of investiture, we talked a little bit about Alamancy, you know, the metal, burning the metals, and in this era that's very limited. And then there's Ferrochemy with storing, um, power, in, in metal bands that people can access later. And then hemallergy, which I think took the biggest, had the biggest changes in this story. Because I think the previous two, they just kind of, they were powerful before and they just kind of decreased in power. They were still there. The rules were still pretty much the same. Um, but hemallergy changed a lot in this series. So hemallergy is the art of in, in the previous books, they would spike a victim with a, a metal spike through their body into the body of the person who wanted more power. So they would basically take that person's power onto themselves through the, with the aid of the spike. And that, mm -hmm. person, that person would die. So it was like an evil version of, of investiture. Well, it is an evil version of investiture. So, and... You've talked, we've talked about it in the past and you seem to, you're, you're interested in this one, Mark. Yeah, I think hemallergy is interesting, right? Cause you're, you're stealing power, yeah. you're taking it, um, very effective way. Right. And that's kind of what everyone assumed was happening to all those people for a long time. Um, obviously they were stealing lots of power. Um, hemallergy made the Kandra. We know it's effective. Right. Um, I feel like that was the lower form of what was available in the world. And with the new discovery on how to make, you know, lorazium and adium that you're going to see that hemallergy less and less. But I think there's something to be said on what happens when you combine hemallergy and, you know, lorazium or adium or whatever. Right. Right. The God metals, especially. Because uh, in this book, or in this series, we had Wayne, no, yeah, Wayne, who was twin-born, right? He could use uh, Ferrochemy and Allomancy at the same, you know, different spots. So, yeah, are we going to see, uh, a, 
what do you call it, a triple born where they can use all three effectively and powerfully? Yeah, um, I, I think that we're going to see less and less hemorrhage, really. I think that with the discovery of more lorazium and adium, we're going to start seeing more mistborn. Um, and I think you're going to start seeing more powerful mistborn, right? Because the amount of power, didn't they say, like, I think it's somewhere that says, like, the size of the ball or how much lorazium they take depends on how powerful they will be. So um, I think what will be really cool is if you see a, you know, you have a twin born kind of like uh, what Wayne, you know, Wayne was or something. They're born with a, one of those abilities and they're a full misborn. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I think you're going to start to see some crazy things here. Um, and then I wonder if it's going to bleed over into other worlds. Like, you know, could you imagine a, a full shard plate misborn? Yeah. I think that's the end goal, honestly. Yeah. There's going to be but, some type of combination of these, these abilities. And, and then, like, I, I don't know. Are metals the same on other worlds? Can I go to Roshar and find these metals? Like, does iron exist as the iron form that they get, you know, on Skadril? Or is it a different, you know, is it going to burn different, have a different effect because it's not the schedule form of iron or you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I wonder if there's going to be some, some things going down that way. I remember one of the questions I asked um, Brandon years ago one time. And I said, Hey, could someone from another world use powers from another world? And would it be effective? And at the time he said, like, he's like, they could, but the, the effects might be different or it won't be as effective. Right. And so, I don't know, you know, so maybe that does come into play. Like, you know, it's only can exist in specific places. I I don't know. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll see that in the later stages for some, we're going to see these, you know, autonomy and odium, all these uh, shards that want to take power and control. They have to be repulsed and fought somehow. So I think we'll see, these worlds that are starting to come together now and we'll start to see them. We'll see more of that and we'll see them share ideas. You know, they'll start, they'll travel shades more or even a different way, a lot more efficiently. I think it'll get to the point where it's not even, you know, going to shades getting on a boat, going through that whole thing and then finding the, uh, the opening going back to, you know, to the other world. I think it's going to be like a, a gateway type thing from, you know, wheel of time where they just open it up, step through to the other place like travel i think we saw we see that with the elantrians right mm-hmm. where they were able to where the one guy um rowden was able to travel across the sea to rescue his his wife serene at the end and defeat the bad guy so as long as they have the coordinates and how far it is they can do they can travel that way so i think we're gonna get that in later books for sure yeah and i wonder if we're like because it sounds like all the shards have their own ambition right but it sounds like there are some that are semi-teaming up right i don't know if this is, i are we gonna start seeing like real team up here or does everyone still like i'll be your buddy for now <laughs> yeah until i'm not yeah right? a temporary I, alliance <laughs> yeah i honestly future thought i think that either harmony is going to be split apart because someone's gonna 
use so much lorazium or adium like why wouldn't you yeah oh no i don't want to be all powerful like come on someone's gonna do it or he'll be shattered yeah well there's the i've been seeing the discord theory late recently i haven't really looked into it too much but at some point harmony because in this book we even saw like there was a a part i think it was towards the end where there was like a shadow of sazed at some point like a dark version oh of yeah it. and that's oh uh, yeah like i don't know if that was ruined i th- I got the impression it was ruined at the time like we were seeing ruin and preservation but there's talk about a discord like he'll turn into discord instead of harmony he's the opposite like ruin will have more power and so he'll be called discord or something but I don't know if someone causes that or he does it, does it himself or what. But yeah, I think we'll see that too. Interesting. But yeah, lots of potential. I think that's why I like these books. Well, one of the reasons is because they're just, there's a lot of potential. And Brandon's pretty uh, dynamic with coming up with new ideas and combining all these things. Uh, let's get to the characters. Uh, that's kind of the focus of this novel. We had all this, all that stuff we just talked about is backstory it's or a vehicle to create character growth and i think that's why we didn't get a lot of explanation on the malwish on uh you know all these other things that i was wanting to read about because i think brandon tends he he shortened it down focused on characters we have wayne uh he's 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 been there from the beginning right the first book and he's one of the main characters but at the same time he's always a secondary character on some level right but not this, not this novel, not this story. He's, you know, right from the beginning, he's with Marise. They're out doing things. We get more viewpoints from him. With him, you know, he's. We find out he's a millionaire or, you know, super wealthy. He's like top three richest people in the whole land. Like yeah. he's like the like dumbest smart person in the world. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, well, let's let's create this game, you know, and. He's like just trying to like create, like spend his money to get rid of it, but then he ends up creating more wealth as he goes along. Yeah, he basically creates like the NBA kind of thing, right? (laughs) Like makes the you know an association, and then let's build like all these stadiums. And he's like, ah, these idiots won't go. And it's like, wait a minute, that's exactly what we do, and they make hundreds of billions of dollars, you know? Yeah, yeah. this is pretty funny, but he does, you know, (laughs) one of the key things. Throughout the novels, is he when he was younger he killed someone, a, a guy, and he had a family, and he felt guilty, and so he's been paying money for, to help out this, you know, one of the daughters, and we kind of get a resolution to that that he's able to permanently help her out and just you know set her up for life because of his wealth. So stuff like that starts to come around with his friends. He starts to make resolutions and come out come to better terms with them uh, with Steris. You know, they're always, I always took it as half jokingly, but they're kind of annoying each other. But even they come to a, a, a good place, right, towards the end. And as his story goes along, you start to notice, pick up on these things. Oh, every, all his contentious relationships are starting to become resolved. That's usually a sign that someone's going to die. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. no one can be happy, right, in these stories. Someone always, whenever there's conflict and it gets resolved, you know, the next step is death. Hundred <laughs> percent. So let's talk about Wayne and his hero's death. What did you think about how that all went down? You know, they were able to jump after they kind of. I don't. I guess they defused the bomb, kind of. <laughs> At least what they thought they had. And then they realized, oh, the bomb's really on the ship. 
the battleship. So they jumped to the battleship. Wayne takes over, and he, yeah, along with the help of Sazed, right? He's there, kind of mm-hmm. helping him out, giving him clues. But he's able to use his time bubbles, and at this point, he's full Mistborn. I, how did he become Mistborn? He just got some dust. Did Sazed give it to him, or was it from the explosion earlier? It was from the explosion, that at metal. Okay. Uh, combining it with Trail and him and both him and Wax became Mistborn. Yeah, I knew Wax was, but I couldn't remember if Wayne was. Okay. Yeah, because remember he was like, "Oh, this is this how he feels, right?" <laughs> and then he he pushes Wax out the window at the end, and yeah. like it, it was legit an awesome ending. And yeah. only he could have done it, right? Wax couldn't have done it. He didn't have the power to do it. He couldn't do this time bubbles, and um and that's what I was talking about full misborn with these kind of abilities is going to be insane yeah um it was a pretty awesome death for what we know of Wayne Wayne never wanted the spotlight he felt like he did something horrible and he wanted to be a good man he wanted to make amends he never he always followed wax like you know like i can never be the hero because of what i did i will play second fiddle my whole life I mean, this guy had Milan, is it Milan? Yeah. Break up with him, broke his poor little heart. And I felt yeah. bad for him, you know, like I was yeah. like, oh man, this guy. And like, you know, he really struggled with it. And, uh, you know, like, you know, he's feeling like he doesn't deserve love. He doesn't deserve this. And uh, then you find out like Milan actually really loved him, you know, yeah. like, and, and all that. And then to, for him to go out that way was, I think, the ultimate redemption story. Yeah. Right. I mean, he gave his life to the world. It was an awesome ending. Um, and, and he knew it. Like, he knew it before Wax knew it. He's yeah. like, this This is it. Like, this is why I exist. Yeah. You know, all my hardships, everything I went through. And, and it was cool that God, you know, Sazid was there with him at the end. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if you're going to go, like, and it's going to be lonely like that, it'd be nice to go like that. Yeah. And so I thought it was cool. I, I really enjoyed, I think, Brandon put a lot of time and effort in building it up and setting it perfectly. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it was an emotional ending, right? I mean, got a yeah. little misty-eyed there at the end, reading about that. And it was just like, whoa. <clears throat> no, no. pretty intense. No. <laughs> Those are tears of, tears of joy, not sadness. Yeah, my, I, my eyes hadn't blinked in a while. That's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, great character arc for this guy. Um and I liked how he, he finally figured out he can forgive himself, you know. Wayne or Wax had been talking to him about a lot, over, mostly in this book, I believe. But he finally bought into it there at the end, and that was good to see that, hey, it's okay. You're a different mm. person now. So, oh, yeah. uh, Wax, he like we said, he takes a backseat to the action there at the beginning, but then he joins the fray later. But yeah, his character arc, you know, he, he was always trying to, be the guy, the hero. He was always trying to save the day, and he felt like that was his role, and he, he was getting tired of it. He didn't want to go back to it after a while. But he's able to, at the end, kind of come to terms with who he is, that he can be multiple people in the sense that he can be a father to his kids, a husband to his wife. He can still be a lawman when he wants to, when he needs, when it needs to be happening. And he can also be a senator. He can be all of, all of the above, and he's not going to be less if he chooses one or the other, but he can do all of them at the same, you know, as needed as his life goes on. So I thought that was pretty cool. He figured that out at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
uh, I love this Superman moment, right? <laughs> uh, when they're, you know, they're all fighting over in Wyoming, and you know they're losing. Yeah. They are going. They're getting beat, and like it's by like, their oh doppelgangers, by the Bizarro, Wax and Wayne. <laughs> yeah, but you know, right before they fought, he shows up, and it's like you start to realize realize how feared he is, right? Right, because he shows up and he turns the fight, and people are running, like, "Oh crap, he's here!" Like we got to go. Then the doppelgangers show up, and that was cool. Um, you know, all the way to the resolution when they they realize like, "Oh, like I can't fight myself. I don't know how to beat myself, <laughs> but I sure know how to beat Wayne because yeah. I've been studying that fool for years." Yeah. And Wayne's like, "Oh, I know how to beat." wax like just do this he always falls for this right like she's yeah. kind of funny um but uh yeah his arc was tough to get into for yeah. me like it took me a little bit but once it got into like once he landed at Bilming, it felt like he fleshed out like he decided who he really wants to be i want to be all of it yeah as opposed to some of it like okay i can be a lawman but i can't be you know a rich person like i am okay i can be rich and a senator but i can't be a lot okay I, I can be all of it and that was cool to see um so yeah his, his arc ended really good um i i kind of wish we got to see the future a little bit you know kind of like 15 years in the future to kind of see what what becomes of him i'm sure we'll hear you know little bits and pieces in the next era um but he as much as I like him, he wasn't my favorite character. Wayne wasn't my favorite character. Steris is my low-key favorite <laughs> I know. That she chick, totally grew on me, too. <laughs> that first book, I hated her. Yeah. I was like, this oh, yeah. lady, man, like, just get with her sister. Please yeah, get yeah. with her sister. <laughs> and then, like, uh, now I'm like, man, Steris is my hero. <laughs> I, I would marry her. <laughs> yeah, I know. For, same thing with me. I was like, oh, who is this chick? He's got to marry her. That's terrible. It's, it's not going to happen. There's no way. It's, it'd be a terrible match. And then each book goes on, and then, yeah, like you said, this book pays it off. You're like, wow. She came into her own for sure. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a, a character journey for her too, right? She needed to accept herself, accept her what she perceived as flaws, but they really weren't. I mean, other people made fun of her for this and that, but at the end of the day, um, those skills that she was being made fun of saved, you know, the, the basin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she realized that she is a strong individual. She can stand on her own or she can stand with her husband. They're both good options and she's both good with both of those things. So that was great to see too. Oh yeah. 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 When she's coordinating all the efforts, right. She's yeah. like, um, basically the governor finally turns around and says like, just freaking save us, you yeah. know, like, and she's like, okay, boom, pulls out like, you know, what is it like, uh, in case of catastrophe plan number 212. Yeah. Um, oh, look, what do you know? I've got this one written down. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so random and like how awesome she is and she's always so prepared. And, you know, even though that's so tedious and crazy for the chick, I was like, ah, sorry, this woman, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Marise, I th- I thought she was going to join the Ghost Bloods. I kind of wanted her to. Mm-hmm. And we see that with uh, Shalon in Stormlight, where she was approached by them. She was going to join them. And then de- she decided not to. So I was kind of disappointed that uh, she did the same thing in some ways. But at the same time, the choice that she did make, uh, it fits her. So I, I, you know, my personal preference was for her to join the Ghostbloods. 
because I wanted to learn more about him. I think that's what it was. But I think the the choice that she did make was the right one for her character and what was needed in the sense that you know she was her goal was to be able to become an ambassador for the Southern Nations because her boyfriend was from there, and she needed to spend time with him and you know see if that relationship's going to work. And then uh, I think we read eventually she becomes president or she was going to run for president or governor or whatever of Alendil at some point. So I think that was fine. Um, what did you think about Marisa and her? I liked her overall arc um, from beginning to end. But uh, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I really liked her in the first book. Yeah. Um, second book eh, and third book, I don't know. I just feel like she kind of dropped off as a character I liked. But her story was still good. Right, kind of like, you know, where, you know, she, you know, started out as like this illegitimate child or something like that, you know, and like yeah. not sure who she is and got her footing, got her footing. So it's nice to see where she's ending up and, you know, see that she's going to succeed. She's broken barriers, becoming the first woman constable or, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it's, I, I don't know. I, it, I just kind of fell out of love with her character in general over time. I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I see what you're saying. Cause again, like you, I liked her at the beginning. She's one of my favorites in the beginning. And then she kind of became a background character and then stepped up in shadows of self. And then at the beginning of this book, she was really, I liked her a lot. Um, I don't know. She's, out of the, I I started to like Steris even more than her in this book. So, hmm. um, but Kelsier, we sh- we see him, which was surprising. Marsh, he's still around. We saw him a little bit in one of the earlier books, Death, and says it in harmony. So the the three originals from the previous books, um, there it's cool to see them. Um. What do you think about kind of is it plausible that they're still at least Kelsier and Marsh that they're still hanging around in the next era? And, well, in this era, and do you think they'll be around in the next era? Yes, both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be, they'll be around. I think you know with the just uh, because he was like dying, right? Marsh was. Yeah. But with the discovery of Adium, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um. So I think Marsh will stay. Marsh will stay around. Kelsier for sure. I. I, I, can he even age and die? I don't think in his current state, no. Yeah, so, you know, he'll be around for sure. Um, yeah, I think we'll see all, all three of them. I, I feel like I want to see more from Marsh. He's around. Who knows what the heck he's been doing? Yeah, yeah. But I want to see more from him. Like, I feel like he's being held around for a reason, yeah. but we don't know why. But can you imagine someone like Marsh? And maybe that's what we'll see, the combination of, of uh, um, full Mistborn and, you know, or uh, Lorazium and, and Hemerlygy. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Because there, there's got a reason. Because he's, like you said, he's not really showing up. He's just kind of hanging around. So mm-hmm. what's the purpose? I think the purpose is, yeah, here he is. He's still here. But the next series, he's gonna be, you know, a badass or whatever. So I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a good uh, guess there. Good theory. 
Uh, will we see Wax kind of take on a role like that where he's somehow becomes immortal or he lives a long life and he's a major player in the next era as well? Him and his wife and his, or his kids? Or is this his swan song? Is this it for him in this book? I think he's done. Uh, I think his era's past his, you know, like what he can offer for what he brought to the table is, is done. I think he did a great job through the second era. I think this next era will surpass him, right? He is an old country cowboy, you know, constable dog. I mean, at the end of the thing, we're running into, we went from early industrial age to now we're in computerized rockets. <laughs> yeah. In the space of six years. And so uh, I think that there's that his personality and who he is will be outstripped by the new era. Yeah, and I think point. it's it, I think it's a good time for his exit, you know, with that transition. I mean, maybe we'll be dealing with, you know, wax the third. I, I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's it's a good time for him, you know, to, to move the story on past him. OK, so those main three will continue. But all the characters in this era, well, that's it for them, is what you're thinking. Yeah, and I think we'll see, like, even in the next one, we're going to see, like, the effects of what Wayne did. You know, like, aside from, you know, building, you know, building whatever game they were playing. I don't remember what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see stuff from that. I think everyone will talk about, oh, Wax, the great man, and, yeah. you know, Marisay, this person, and Steris, the amazing plant. Like, they'll talk about them, you know, right. just, just like they did in Era 2. They would always reference the old the old heroes. But I, but just like from Era 1 to 2, they're going to become legendary heroes from long ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right there. You know, like Wax, he was a descendant of oh, one of the crew. I can't remember. Oh, what's his name? Like, I can picture. Yeah. I can picture how he looks in my head, but I can't think of. Um, yeah. The. Yeah. It escapes me right now, but you know, so I, maybe something like that. Like you said, Wax the third. So. <clears throat> uh, the Condra. They're a big mystery. You know, <laughs> what's they're there. What are they doing, really? Um, they work for Harmony, and Harmony's off in his own play, in his own world. It's not really interacting with people. I, I guess they do stuff, but it's usually just like, you know, Milan was a big player, and then there was a couple others. But there's more than just those three or four. You know, you know. So what are they doing? Are we? You know, what's are they just again like? Marsh, you know, hey, the Condor is still around, but you know, in era three, we're really going to see what they do. So it could be something like that. We at the end, we get a perspective from Milan. She's in the in Shadesmar. I got the impression she was headed to Roshar. But mm-hmm. uh, and then in Tress of the Emerald Sea, there's a Condor there, and it's Tress of the Emerald Sea is the farthest out in the time, one of the farthest out stories in the timeline. So it's like way out there, and the Chandra have changed a little bit. And there's even a statement that Sazed sent them out to do something, or they just, he disbanded the Chandra or something like that. So they're going to be around for a while based off that story. That's in the future, quite a number of years. But, you know, what are they going to do? What's their role moving forward? Mm-hmm. And what about Kolos? I mean, I, 
I we always hear about there, you know, some of these people have colos blood. So are they? Which I find is weird. They somehow mixed the colos and humans interbred. That seems yeah. weird. You'd have had to get it early on, right? Before they went crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the logistics work. Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my! Huh? This is awkward. Yeah. So are the are the colos done? We haven't seen them, right? So are they, you know, pretty much interbred with the humans now, and they're as a pure colos race, they're done, or are they still around? Yeah. Oh, Breeze. Breeze. He is a descendant yeah. of Breeze. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. I liked Breeze. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know what, because the Colossus were made, they were like the imperfect. They were I can't like, remember exactly. They were like Gen 1. No, Mist Wraiths, were, I think, were Gen 1, and Colossus, and then Condor, I think, is how it went. Yeah. Um,. But Colossus, like, just they just kept growing, right? And eventually they would just grow and die. Yeah. But they, but they could have kids and stuff like that, right? Well, no, because the the Colossus were people. Hmm. Right? There's some transfer. I forget. I just read it a couple months ago. I can't remember. Let's see. This is what it says. Colossus are large and dangerous beasts. That the Lord Ruler uses in. I think I remember an alloy of law that there was mention of a coloss horde out in the middle of nowhere or something. So I think they might still be around, but we don't hear anything. And then we didn't see any mist wraiths, right? I don't think so. Yeah, that was another thing throughout the book is the mist would sometimes be there, but not very often. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So lots of good stuff in this in this story. Uh, how did so this wrapped up era two? How would you think? Are you satisfied with this ending? Um, okay.
swords. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I liked it though as well. Uh, definitely as a as a standalone book, um, as well as wrapping up Era Two. Um, I did like. Th- yeah, yeah, I Yeah, overall, I liked it as well. I uh, thought it was a good wrap-up for Era 2. And as a standalone story, it was good. Um, I did like the characters in Era 1 better, but I thought the vehicle mm. for the story of this era was better in, in some ways. So I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm happy with it. 9 out of 10 for me. Um, enjoyed reading it and I'll do definitely do a reread with it at some point in the near future. So any predictions for era three, where do you want to, I think we talked a little bit about it already. You know, what do we want to see? I think era three, we're going to see much greater discord between, um, harmony and Kelsier and the ghost bloods. I think we're going to start seeing some actual friction, like yeah. move moving against each other. And I think whatever is that now, like that you talked about discord, I could see that pushing towards the discord. Um, Also, I think we're going to see, we're going to start seeing wars across worlds in the next era. Right. So I think that the, you know, you're going to start seeing more movement with all these shards against each other. Yeah, I think we'll see more tech as well. There's been talk about spaceships at some point. I think we're getting to the end game, so I think we might see that in the next era. Why spaceships, though? Like, you could just For... go through Shadis Mar, or is it just... Yeah, like, there's going to be wars on multiple planes? Yeah, tra- definitely for travel. So maybe... I don't know. Um, we saw in Six of the Dusk, I believe it was, that's the furthest story out in the Cosmere. Uh, spaceships are involved hmm. in that story, that short story. So I think that's the one of the in-game moments. But uh, we'll just see more tech computers. Uh, we saw a laptop in Tress of the Emerald Sea. We saw a tablet. So we're going to see that sort of stuff. 
start popping up. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll 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 hear about Kelsier's what his goal is. You know what the goal was their route, like you said. That's going to be pretty interesting. And I think because Stormlight Five, he's working on it now. He's going to write that and then take a break. That's like the first era of of Stormlight, and then he'll take a break and at some point wrap it, start wrapping up with six through ten for the second era. So I think Stormlight Five will line up with this this Mistborn era too to some degree. We'll probably see some crossover from this era into Stormlight Five, and then uh, I don't know what's going to happen after that. I mean, who knows? Hmm. Be interesting. I think we'll start learning more about the history because I know there's a lot of thought out there. Like, well, what what shattered the original anyway, right? Is it what they call the original? I can't remember. Adelasium. Yeah, Adelasium or something. Yeah. Why was it shattered? Like, yeah. there's thoughts of it. it was betrayed by people who were there, and there's questions. Well, well was Hoyd there? Was he not? I've heard yes. I've heard no. Um, uh, he so it'll be. Yeah, he was, right? Yeah. Yeah, so then it's like, you know, what really... I think we're going to start hearing the greater story. Yeah, I agree. And plus, in this... I think it was in this book, Twinsel talks about the 12 Aethers that were around before the Shards were shattered. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start hearing more about, like you said, you know, where do these Aethers... What are they? Where do they come from? What's that all about? And if they predate the Shards, then yeah, I'm sure they'll go into that history. So that's a good call. All right. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds Podcast as we review this book. Uh, again, if you want a copy, number 1468 from the Dragon Steel Convention, signed, numbered, and stamped. Let me get to the page. Just like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that's when we hit 500 subscribers, we'll do a drawing. Also throw in one of these uh, broadsheets. They're handing these out like candy. So, got them now. <laughs> they, cost, back. they cost two clippings. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll, get, we'll throw that in too. Um, but, yeah, well, thank you guys for, for listening. If you have any thoughts on this book, The Lost Metal, Cosmere in general, definitely leave a comment. Uh, hit us up. Let us know if we made any mistakes, what, what you think, you know. And we'll, we'll be getting back to the Cosmere here in the next few weeks. So, Thanks, guys, for joining us, and there's always another secret. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you.